welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, dear ones, and welcome to episode number eight, Comparison. So there is a Teddy Roosevelt quote that I came across many years ago that has always stayed with me, and it is this, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison, at least the kind that our capitalist society has cultivated, has a way of clouding and frankly, mucking up the lens from which we see ourselves and the world. And instead of collaboration and celebration of all people and our differences, our flavor of comparison creates winners and losers, less than or better than. It truly becomes more of an either or, not an and mentality. So we live in a society where we learn to compare ourselves to one another, to evaluate our worth and the worth of others, and along with that, we're encouraged to base our worth on external things. And then we compare ourselves to others to see who has more of what we're told makes us worthy. And the craziest thing in all of this is that we're not even conscious of this, really. Yet it shapes the way that we value ourselves and what we seek and aspire to. Our brain, our awesome brains, our brain is primed for this comparison. And this comparison, truly it wouldn't be a problem if a judgment wasn't based on it, right? And I can just speak from my vantage point as a life coach who specializes in working with young adults and parents that I see the emotional and mental impact of social comparison. And that social comparison is most prevalent in the areas that we value, such as appearance, relationships, grades, athletic prowess, cachet of school, popularity, and achievements. It inevitably cultivates a measuring stick mentality. And then the questions are, am I worthy? Am I good enough as I am? Or do I need to possess what others have and one-up them to gain an edge? And then, only then, would I be deemed worthier or safer, or more secure in my social standing. 
So, dear ones, I would love for each one of you to ask yourself these questions. Who do you most frequently compare yourself to? And to whom have you compared yourself in the last 24 hours? If you're not sure, think of the last time you checked your Facebook or Instagram feed. Which updates created envy or jealousy for you? Or made you feel less than or not enough? And then on the other hand, did any posts make you feel superior or better than someone? At what age did you feel that your worthiness was up for negotiation? Do you remember what age you were when you, st- you started having to earn your worth? When did you have to prove it? So as humans, our comparison targets, right, as researchers, I think, refer to that. These it's research targets, it's something that tends to be those that we most closely identify with as well as those within our most intimate circle. So those people that are our comparison targets would be our family members, our friends, our classmates, our colleagues, uh, acquaintances, and people on social media. And as humans, we relate information about others to ourselves. It's really one of the most basic ways we develop an understanding of who we are, what we're good at, and what we're not so good at, right? It's just important to know that along with our societal impact, the evolutionary reason for this comparison is also at play. Because thousands of years ago, rejection of any form meant danger. Belonging meant survival and safety. And because we humans are such a tribal species, we want to fit in with the tribe. And fitting in thousands of years ago gave us an evolutionary advantage, right? Today, our primal brains still want to avoid rejection or not being the fittest or the best. Because our brain perceives that we're in danger and that we don't belong. Something has gone wrong. And obviously, this isn't true, but our brain doesn't discriminate between the danger of an animal going to eat us, right, and someone who appears to be more attractive or smarter than we. So along with our evolution, in our current and modern society, we are encouraged to think of everyone around us as competition. And by doing so, then we see where we stand, right? And this starts, I would argue, early. And it's really based in our educational system. This is how it's baked. Grades are the measuring stick, right? And competition is believed to cultivate the best and the brightest. But when it comes to all things of modern life, there is no clear winner or loser. 
So our sweet brain is always trying to figure out where we sit on the spectrum. And how does the brain do this? It compares self to others because that's what we've learned to do. We're constantly attributing importance and weight to our differences, but not in a celebratory way or a curious way or a, a collaborative way or a, um, a positive, right? We're not just looking for differences, but if they are better or worse based on what society tells us. And we're asking, who am I in competition with? And then who is winning? So let's take some time to notice the situations that cause you to play the comparison game. And I would imagine everyone listening to this would agree that social media is, I think, one of the biggest culprits. I was talking to a college-age client recently, and she described every Instagram post is believed to demonstrate four things. And when I asked her, I said, well, what are those four things? She said, well, one would be where the person is. Two is what they're wearing. Three is how they look. And then four is what they are doing. She said, every picture, every post is based on this quick assessment. And then the thought that follows (laughs) is that, wow, they have it all and I don't. I need to have what they have to be enough. I also was in touch with a, a, another client of mine. I'll call her Christina. She's 22 years of age, a college senior, and we were talking about just this comparison game. And she told me recently that, Marta, I always have a list of things I should do and be. And where do these ideas come from? I've realized I spend the majority of my time comparing myself to my peers on Instagram and LinkedIn, or I'm comparing myself to family members. And that's where my expectations took root. So it's interesting, Christina is flourishing in Boston in her senior year of college. But nevertheless, right, her doubts about her choices are there because they are always being sized up, right? And her ability to appreciate where she is, who she is, what she's accomplishing on her own, right? And being okay in her own skin, she has an inability to truly be present with that and appreciate that because she's become so conditioned to look outside of herself and constantly compare and focus on where she isn't measuring up or where she could be doing something else. It's really a dream and joy stealer. And ultimately, Christina believes that she's always missing out on other opportunities. And how does she know this or why is she believing this? But because of what she's seeing her friends doing on social media. And by seeing those things, she feels lacking. So as Christina said, she's stuck between all of these people and she knows she shouldn't compare herself, right? It's a sure way to be disappointed, but she can't help herself. So 
in just this description, you can imagine that internal restlessness for Christina and her inability to be at peace in her own being, in her own life, because she's always being inundated with a myriad of competing images of what other people are doing and are achieving and what is, quote, worthier or better. It's really fascinating to me that I think because we have this 24-7 barrage, it's good to just understand that in the past, we absorbed others' accolades, right, and triumphs, but it wasn't on this consistent basis. It was more sporadic. But now it feels like there is this explicit valuation in the number of Instagram likes or LinkedIn connections that another person has compared to us, right? And this can feel like proof of position or being somewhere on this imagined ladder that we have in society. And there's a reason that teenagers in particular, sweet are sweet young people, are prone to the hustle evaluation via social media. Social rewards are basically activation of dopamine within the brain. And this happens when we feel we're getting attention or positive feedback from peers. And it can also come from comparing ourselves to others, especially highly valued others, right? And seeing that you agree with them and they agree with you or that you're similar to them. That is a high, it is a hit for the brain. It activates parts of the brain not unlike the way a drug does, which frankly may be why adolescents become so addicted to social media. Social media is like heroin for the brain. And I would argue it's not just for our young adults, it's also for us, we, we adults, the, the full-fledged adults out there. So it's our job to challenge these thoughts and belief systems about worthiness. Where does worthiness come from, my friends? It really it is not about achieving and accumulating, as we're told. It's a knowing. And what is that knowing? That knowing is that you are worthy always and forever. You are born with worthiness. You're always deserving of it. It doesn't go away when you struggle. It doesn't go away when you don't have something or you don't believe you're measuring up. It doesn't go away when you're different. And it certainly doesn't go away when you make mistakes. Worthiness is inherent and forevermore. Remember, we are being constantly bombarded with the messages that we are not enough as we are. So why does any of this matter? Based on what we've been conditioned to believe, we believe that external circumstances create our worthiness and happiness. You think that because someone else seems prettier or has more money or seems smarter, they are happier than you are. But guess what? External circumstances don't cause our feelings. Someone going to a highly coveted school or someone having a perfect body or the perfect job or the perfect boyfriend 
doesn't have anything to do with whether or not they are worthy or happy. It is their thoughts that determine their happiness. These individuals that you aspire to be or look at and think, oh my gosh, if I just had that, I would be happier and worthier. They're having all the same thoughts that you are about the person next to them that has more or better. It never ends. Perfectionism is a lie and your brain doesn't think any thought in a different body. Your current brain wouldn't think any different thought because you know why? You have the same brain. The only way to feel better in this life is to change the way that you are thinking and believing, which in turn impacts how you feel and how you show up. It's just good to know that our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions are morally neutral. Nothing about what anyone has in their life has to do with how worthy they are. Nothing to do with how worthy you are. Honestly, this just feeds the scarcity versus abundance mindset. And it's all about maintaining the status in the tribe and being accepted. We're always scanning the landscape for threats. And these threats, guess what, are now other people our friends, our acquaintances, our family members, their accomplishments, their possessions, their appearances. These are our now perceived threats. But you know these are not true threats to our survival like our brain thinks, right? It is our work to go into our brains and dig in to the necessary thought work to rewire and redirect and reframe what we make things mean so that it isn't a danger, but instead, when we look at others, we have a choice. We can decide to appreciate and celebrate what is and all of our differences. Deep down, we know, every one of us knows comparison doesn't really serve us. And yet, we do it all the time. We are so in We so, I believe, intrinsically think that we need to belong, we need to be better, and this drive is because of this need to be worthy so that we're not cast out from the tribe. But I hope this episode, if anything you take away, is understanding. We now know that comparison is driven by our belief system. It is tied to our worth and how we measure up. And our work, my friends, is to meet ourselves with grace and love and compassion. Not judgment, not harshness. And what if the point of this human journey is to decide that you can live this one wild and precious life, as Mary Oliver says, and go after whatever you dream, whatever you desire. What you do has no bearing on who you are, no bearing on your worthiness. That's already a done deal. You were born with it. By doing this thought work, we can release comparison in the form of being a winner or a loser. 
and understand that our enoughness is not up for grabs. It's not up for negotiation. There's no need to be in scarcity mode and better than mindset. It doesn't need to be an or. It really truly is an and. So free yourself from that comparison and hustle for your worthiness. And shift the paradigm to focusing on learning about you, learning how to love you, learning how to show up for this one and wild precious life that you have, and cultivating a mindset that's about evolving and becoming. No more diminishing. Formulate your beliefs and thoughts around what you want to think about others and who they are and what they have. And make it mean nothing about your worthiness or theirs, but just be curious. Why do you want to have what they have? Like your why, and then get to work, right? We're constantly in a state of evolution. And our next level of humanness, it says, let's keep growing. There's no destination here. There's no perfect. The brain, as I've said to you throughout this episode, is evolved to wanting to avoid rejection and this insatiable desire to be accepted. But remember, modern day survival, we're not threatened. It's not life or death. We're still sorting people into winners and losers. And we're doing so in a way that's basing it on our worthiness. Where do we fit in? Now listen, feeling inadequate That doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's totally okay, right? We can motivate ourselves to stretch further. I know for me, when I feel inadequate or I feel like there's something I want and desire, I go deep in, deep within and decide, okay, what do I need to do to stretch myself further? See it as a call for more. It's a call for what else I can do to grow and evolve. And honestly, it's like your GPS. It gets you closer to your North Star. Humans desire for more, and this desire used to help us survive, right? But we can harness our desire for something else. And that desire, I would say, is about becoming the next version of ourselves. It's not being in this dog fight or this cat fight with other people to prove our worthiness. This is about our becoming. This is about us continuing to evolve. What if everything we need is already inside of us? What if we are enough? What if we are exactly what we need? So those of you listening, maybe some of you are struggling with your weight or food or friends or grades or money, whatever may be. So what, right? Instead of comparing, look for the common humanity in all of us. People struggle. If it's not with food, it's something else. It never stops. So imagine if you could elevate the comparison game to more of like a useful art form where you stop falling prey to its dark underbelly, right? Which does little more than increase feelings of misery and lack in your life. Why not use comparison instead to become a better person and make your little corner of the world a better and sweeter place? So considering this comparison game or war, as I like to say, to which we're all subject, right? 
I'd like to propose five ways to navigate this tricky road and in the process, grow in substance and confidence and peace. Number one, be you very, very well. Compare yourself to yourself. Older people have a tendency to measure themselves against their own past. And people who are healthy and well use themselves for internal evaluation. It's not that they don't notice comparisons and those a step or two ahead of them, right? But they don't let that affect their self-esteem and their worthiness. And they stay focused on their own growth and evolution. Think about it like a runner who compares himself to his last run, not to others who are faster. Number two, you want to delight in other people's success and then formulate your own North Star. So instead of cultivating jealousy and envy, which doesn't generate positive feelings and actions, as we all know, explore what you admire and appreciate about other people and celebrate their success. Make room for it. Create space for that. It can be a catalyst for personal growth and becoming that next version of yourself. Number three, be grateful. Focus on what is versus what is not. Appreciate what is and embrace the little things and trust the unfolding. Number four, look up, my friends. Breathe. Notice. Research suggests that upward comparison can provoke motivation and effort. Young adults who compare themselves to peers who slightly outperform them have produced higher performance in the classroom. It's actually a positive. Knowing that the road to improvement and getting better is within reach, this knowing is essential. And then remember that we benefit from comparing ourselves to someone a step or two ahead instead of comparing ourselves to someone at the front of the pack. And finally, number five is seek connection and not comparison. Be selective. Be selective in with whom you spend your time, in how much time you spend on social media, but be even more intentional about how that time is used. So instead of passively hanging out with people or passively being on social media, connect, send private messages, visit, talk about shared experiences, seek genuine emotional connection. And in terms of social media, Foster the kind of relationships there that are known to be valuable in your real life. Okay? Remember, my friends, what creates feelings of happiness and worth are your thoughts, your belief system, your mindset. You already have everything you need to be happy and worthy and feel as good as anyone else does. It's already there in your own sweet being. Take all the energy of comparison and change your thoughts on purpose. This will guarantee that you will be happier than that other person that you are so busy envying. Be mindful of your narrative and acknowledge your strengths. Remember, my loves, we are all messy, imperfect, beautiful humans walking each other home. So your homework for this week is instead of comparing and believing that you're coming up short, 
I'd like you to start questioning the beliefs and thoughts that you have on repeat about your worthiness, your enoughness, about winners and losers, or better and less than. And I want you to flip the script, okay? And ask the question, if I already knew that I was worthy and it wasn't a competition, that I was enough, how would that change how I look at others? How would I engage with myself in the world? What would I do differently? How would I feel? Take some time to just delve into this, my friends, and know that I am cheering for you from Colorado. You can do this. You got this. You are precious. All right, I will be here next week, and I hope the same is true for you. Until then, be well, be yourself very well, and know you're loved. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.